الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders ramadan is over now what ramadan al karim came to make us muttaqun to make us people of taqwa people who are concerned about the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything we say and everything we do did we succeed did this happen are there changes in my in my life that i can point to to show that this happened that i have become more muttaqi thanks to having spent one full ramadan michael harry of botrola the author of six sigma quality standard he said if you want to see what someone values see what they measure he said if you want to see what somebody values see what they measure for example we say time is money but we happily waste time but we are much more careful about money so what do we really value time or money money can be replaced but not time we can make money but nobody can make time we can borrow money but we can't borrow time and we will be questioned about time when we meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet what are we more concerned about making more money or using our time more wisely we talk about roi return on investment which is really return on money our balance sheets and our pnl accounts profit and loss accounts track money what st- what statement do we have which tracks time how do we spend our time 24 hours what is the return on that what can we do differently to change that return what is the profit or loss of our time allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that istighfar wipes out sins allah said innal hasanat yudhibna sayyiat verily the good deeds remove the evil deeds allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in surah in surah al-hud 
Hud said to his people, Wa ya qawmi istighfiru rabbakum. Wa ya qawmi istighfiru rabbakum. Thumma tubu ilayhi. Yursil issamaa alaykum midrara. Wa yazidukum quwwatan ila quwwatikum. Wa la tatawallaw mujrimin. He said, oh my people, ask forgiveness, seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from your Rabb. And then repent to him. Seek forgiveness and turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what will happen? He will send rain on you from the sky, abundant rain. What is the meaning of that? It means you make istighfar, go out and get wet? No. Abundant rain is rain. But abundant rain is every blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah said your rizq is in the heavens. It will come down from the, from the heavens. The rain is also a metaphorical expression of everything good and all the blessings of life. So he said Allah will send on you abundant rain from the sky and add strength to your strength. So do not turn away as mujrimun, as criminals. My question to you and myself is, like we have our financial balance sheets, do we have a virtue and vice balance sheet, good deed and sin balance sheet, or do we keep a virtue and vice profit and loss account? I know we don't, but what if we did? What if we did? How do you think that would affect our lives? The reason we don't is because we don't see virtue and vice as profit and loss. Though that is the only true profit and loss. It all begins in the head. We have to change the way we think. The only true profit and loss is virtue and vice. Not anything else. But we don't see it like that. Do we realize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about our book of what? Book of what? Accounts, right? Accounts. Hisab. Did Allah say your life story? No. Book of account. Allah will use the scale to weigh, balance. And for that, Allah made us the authors. Do we realize who the authors of our book of accounts is. The angels, the Kiram and Katimin are only scribes. They are robots. <coughs> they are just writing. Right? You type something on the keyboard, you don't blame the you don't blame the screen for what comes on it. They are not authors. They have no authority to write anything or to erase anything in our book. Do we realize that we have complete control? Not only on what is recorded in our book, but also and more importantly on what we allow to remain in the book. Until the day we meet Malabu Mouth. Until that day our book is fully editable. When we see the Malaika, the book is closed and sent for publication. <coughs> no change can be made thereafter. On the day of judgment, the book will be published and given to us in a way which itself will show who won and who lost. 
Those who get the book in the right hand, we ask Allah to make us among them, are the winners. Those who get the book in the left hand or behind their back, are the losers. They haven't even seen the book. Just the way it is given shows who won and who lost. <coughs> Our book. Only we can write in it. Only we can edit it. Only we will receive it. And that will see it will seal our fate forever. And therefore, <coughs> our fate, our call. In Ramadan, which I call our Taqwa boot camp, we learned and practiced some new behaviors. For example, we learned to wake up early, to set goals, and to structure our time to meet those goals, we learn to focus and choose that which gives greater return over something else. We learn to focus on the long term, the akhirah, over the short term. And we learn to delay gratification. That is to wait for the result of our efforts. Not instant coffee. This is a sign of emotional maturity, which is the secret of success. What is that? Delayed gratification. Physical maturity is inevitable. Emotional maturity is optional. And that is why the difference between men and boys is often only the price of their toys. Mental, mental and emotional maturity is still four years old. Body is 40. In Ramadan, we learn to control our anger, our greed and our passions. We learn the benefits of being alone, of reflection, introspection, and realigning the path of our destiny. To refer back to the Michael Harry quote, if you want to see what people value, see what they measure. Let us see what we measure now that Ramadan is over for this year. We don't know if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written another Ramadan for us. As I keep on reminding myself and you, one Ramadan will be our last. I don't know if this one was my last. But if I don't want to regret that, then I must take stock and see what I need to do to consolidate my gains. In 1997, I was in San Francisco and went to see a 3D film. It was an amazing experience. As I put on the 3D glasses and sat in the theater with surround sound, it was as if I was inside the movie. It was a film about sharks. And I'm sure that if somebody monitored my heart rate and breathing and neuron activity in my brain, electrical impulses and body, body temperature and so on, or run an ECG or something on me, they would find clearly measurable changes. The movie was very real. It was as if the shark coming directly at me would eat me up. I had to tell myself from time to time, this is only a movie. It's not real. Now, we have the same experience in all well-made movies. We found our emotions get hooked to the experience of sights and sounds until we completely forget that it's not real. We weep, we laugh, we cry, we are terrified, we are anxious, we are depressed, we are angry. In short, we are sad, glad, bad, mad. Based on the, the on the story we are watching, even though we know cognitively in your head 
that this is all false. It is acting. Nobody died. Nobody is bereaved. Nobody is happy. Nobody got hungry or thirsty. Nothing. We know all of this. It's all concocted. Yet, we get hooked to it. This is the situation of our lives. In our real life also, we are sitting in a 3D cinema theater, wearing 3D glasses right now. The Anbiya came to tell us to take off our glasses and look at the reality. And to remember that we must leave this theater shortly and return home. No matter how real the film seems to be, it's a film. It's not real. Allah said it's a film. The delicious looking food won't fill your belly. The scenery, danger, thrills, luxury, all is virtual reality. It's virtual, not real. So don't get fooled by it. We must return home. If we want the comfort of our homes, and if we want comfort in our homes, then we must get the furnishings that we need. We must go to the store, we must spend the money, buy the stuff we need, transport it, bring it, locate it in the house. It won't come on its own. All of this needs consistent effort and sweat and tears and smartness. That's the analogy for Jannah. Our real permanent home, inshallah. Needs consistent effort and sweat and tears and smartness. Needs us to make the right choices, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made very simple. Based on one criterion alone. The rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sooner we take off our VR headset, the sooner we can prepare for the reality that we will face when the show ends. That is the truth about all shows that they end. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد My brothers and sisters Allah سبحانه وتعالى said about this كُلُّ نَفْسٍ زَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازْ وَمَا الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَعُ الْغُرُورِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said everyone will taste death. Every living being, human or otherwise, will taste death. And only on the day of resurrection will you be paid your wages in full. And whoever is removed away from the fire, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this, Allahumma ajinna min an-nar. And whoever is removed away from the fire and admitted to Jannah, 
Indeed, that person is successful. Only that person is successful. Fakat fas. The life of this world is only the enjoyment of deception. Deceiving thing. 3D movie. Virtual reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us four things in this ayatul karima. Number one, that this show will end. Number two, that final winners and losers will be decided when it ends. Not during the show. So don't get deceived. Somebody looks like a winner. We don't know that. We will know at the end of the show. Number three, the winners are those who are saved from the fire. And number four, that this show is not real. It's a show. That is the essence of taqwa. To keep reminding ourselves that this life is not real. Its goals are not real. Its standards are not real. If not clearly toxic. It's a distraction from what is real. Real goals. The real criterion of success. And that is the rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. Ramadan al-Kareem came to make us obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything in our lives. We find ourselves being obedient in some things, but not in others. But let us remember that selective obedience is disobedience. Because when you are selecting between three things that you should obey, you say, I will obey number one and number three. Number two, I don't obey. What are you doing? Disobey. Selective obedience is disobedience. It is easy to be obedient in things that we like to do anyway. That is why the masjid is full for tarawih, but not for farsalah. So let's ask ourselves why and what that means about our real spirit of obedience. This is what must change. Muslims don't eat pork. Eh? अगर मैंने लफ्ज़ सुअर इस्तेमाल किया तो आपको बुरा लगेगा मेंबर से सुअर कहा तो सुअर को और क्या कहेंगे मगर पेपरोनी पिज्जा आप बेचते हो जरूर इसका क्या करें इफ आई यूज द वर्ड इन इन उर्दू और खिंजीर वी से सुअर नॉट सुअर एज इन फोटो सुअर विद तशदी श्रद्धा पीपल गड़ी ओ बैड वर्ड It's a mammal like you, the closest to you. Yeah, they're putting a heart of the pig in, into the into a human being as well. We don't eat pork. Somebody asked the great poet the true story. The great poet Mirza Ghalib, Rahmatullah, in 1857, after the uh, Sepoy mutiny or Indian War of Independence, whichever historian is writing. He was arrested by the British. He was taken to the court, and uh, the judge asked him, "What's your name? My name is so and so. Are you Muslim?" He said, "Sarkar, I am Muslim." He said, "Are you Muslim?" He said, "I am half a Muslim." So judge said, "What is that?" He said, "What is that?" He said, "Sharab pita hu, suvar nahi khata." He said, "I drink alcohol, but I don't. I don't eat pork." Eh? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made everything what Allah prohibited Allah did not prohibit selectively Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu 
Al-Ansab al-Aslam, fortune telling, tarot cards, right? All of this stuff are an abomination. They are the filth of shaitan's handiwork. So Allah says, first you stay far away in order that you may be successful. But what is our life? We go to the masjid, but we will not leave dealing in haram. We read Quran. But with the same tongue, we curse and we tell lies and we slander and we backbite. We don't eat pork, but we drink alcohol. We buy and sell lottery tickets, deal with fortune tellers. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't differentiate between all these things. He called them the filth of shaitan and warned us to stay away if we want to be successful. Just ask a simple question. Why do we indulge? Why do we do these things? Talk to anybody who's selling all kinds of haram stuff in their store. Why are you doing it, my brother? Ask him, is it right? He said, no, I know it's not right. Why are you doing it? Because my business will shut down. Right? You are doing it to be successful. Right? Isn't that the reason? I mean, you are doing it so that you can make... Otherwise, your business you will, you will fail. You think you will fail. You think you will fail. But Allah Ta'ala is telling us the opposite. Allah is saying, leave this to be successful. Did Allah say, leave all this so you will fail? No. Allah said, leave it so you will be successful. And we are saying, I have to do this to be successful. Simple question to ask is, who do I believe? Do I believe Allah? Or do I believe whichever shaitan is working on my mind? Which one? Because a day will come when you will not be sitting comfortably in this masjid with me asking this question to you and myself. A day will come when you and I will be standing alone by ourselves before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah will ask this question. <coughs> then what is the answer? That is the, that is the reality. I quote for example, I, let me quote a wonderful article of one of my friends called Ryan Landers in the Observer. He says, as of the day I am writing, which was on the, on the 13th of April this, this year. He says, as of the day I am writing this, the official number of deaths from COVID worldwide since the beginning of the pandemic is 6,142,579. So take 6 million. Over the same period, alcohol killed an estimated 7,216,438 people. According to WHO, both the Data. COVID killed 6 million, alcohol killed 7 million. Now, the alcohol deaths also included motor vehicle crashes that happened because of driving under the influence of alcohol. This doesn't tell us what happened to the victims of such crashes who did not die but survived, maimed, and paralyzed or otherwise disabled thanks to the fact that somebody had a good time at a party. Yeah? Doing something which is perfectly legal in the society. How should something with this kind of destructive potential be treated in any society of thinking, ethical, moral, intelligent people? I'm not even talking about Muslim, non-Muslim. Anybody. 
A society that considers itself to be intelligent, ethical, and moral, and, and, and thinking, what should, how should they treat something with this kind of destructive potential? But in our society, alcohol is not only legal, but if you are a business, it's a tax-deductible business expense. And that is because we have made profit as the only criterion of success. This makes us Ibadul Fulus, not Ibadullah. Yeah? Are you Abdullah or Abdul Fulus? Because Jannah is only for Ibadullah, not for, not for Ibadul Fulus. And that is the choice we must make. This action of ours, Baghdabi, Khushrahe, Razi, Rahe, Sayyadbi, that's too complicated to translate into English. Learn Urdu. Doesn't work. Right? Doesn't work. Ramadan came to give us a breather. A time out to realign our priorities so that we change our destination. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demands that we choose. Make a clear choice. Shaitan is our enemy. So treat him like an enemy. Inna shaitana aduwuk. Allah says, Shaitan is your enemy, treat him like an enemy. But we treat Shaitan as our advisor and friend, and we treat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah as our enemies. That's hard, right? I'll give you the dalil for this. I never say anything hard without dalil. You know, you know the you know the dalil? Shall I give it? Hmm? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared war on the one who borrows money on interest, who lends money on interest, who writes the voucher, and who is a witness to the transaction. Rasulullah said, Allah has cursed all four, they are all, they are all the same. So if you have accepted, if I have accepted, I have not accepted, I'm just saying, rhetorically speaking, if I have accepted a declaration of war from somebody, what, is, what does that make that person for me? Friend or enemy? Eh? No brainer, right? So if Allah is my enemy, who will accept my dua? And who will help me? We donate money, money to the masjid or the madrasa or the orphanage, but nothing changes because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts only what is pure. You can't throw money at Allah and make difficulties go away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that difficulties come because of what we do. Our actions, our amal, not mal, not money. What amal brought on, mal cannot remove. Give you an example. Can you lose weight by donating money to the gym? Try it and see. I'm sure the gym owners will be very happy. Huh? <laughs> Maybe they should run a scheme in the masjid here actually. Well, for what? Spiritual. If you donate money in the masjid, you'll lose weight. Huh? You won't lose weight. You cannot lose weight by donating money to the gym or even donating money in charity. Forget gym. Donating money in the charity. I'm going to put $100,000 in this donation box in this masjid and I must lose 20 kilos in, by tomorrow morning while I still max out on carbs and sugars. Is it going to happen? So how do we think that we can change our conditions in our life by throwing money at God? Billah. What amal brought on, only amal can remove. So let me ask myself, I ask you to ask yourself, what do I need to stop doing right now?
what do I need to start changing right now? And then do it. Charity from haram wealth does not put out the fire or cool the anger of Allah. We've been trying it for decades. Nothing new. Has anything changed except for the worst? So what are we waiting for? Total disaster? Believe me, it doesn't take long if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides. So let us not play games with Allah. That's always a very bad idea. Let us choose our friends wisely and our leisure activities and spots. A person is known, a person is the product of his or her friends. Rasulullah said, in the Akhirah, you will be with those you love. So who do we love? Where do they look like they are going? Do we want to go to the same place with them? If not, the time to part company is now. Remember the hadith where Rasulullah said, if you sit in the shop of the perfumer, the attar, you will enjoy the beautiful aroma and you will come out smelling good. But if you, if you sit in the blacksmith's forge, you will smell smoke and sweat and your clothes will get stained and burned by the coal and embers of the fire. We have turned our world upside down and then we wonder why our lives are full of stress and fear and depression and sadness and anger. Let us ask, what were my Ramadan goals? What did I achieve? Shortfall or surplus? What's the plan to make up? Don't wait for next Ramadan to do it. There may not be another Ramadan in our lives. Let us seek forgiveness knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives. And change our attitudes and priorities and actions knowing that istighfar without tawbah is a lie. Seeking forgiveness without making changes is a lie. Let us make our dua powerful. By doing what? By earning and eating halal only. Earning and eating halal only. A brother came to me and asked me, he said, I'm going somewhere on a holiday. The caterers are not Muslim. Uh, can I simply say Bismillah and eat? So I told him no. You can say Bismillah and eat, but the issue is complications of that, right? And then I said to him that I have friends, Hindu friends, who don't eat meat their whole life to please their God. And you cannot give meat, you cannot give up meat for one meal to please your God. What is this? This is Islam, this is Deen. Huh? If you are not sure, don't eat. If you are sure, eat the whole cow, I don't care. But remember this, and I'm not saying this, every single thing I'm telling you is from the Quran and the Sunnah. There's not one single thing which is my opinion. Rasulullah said, the one who eats haram and who earns haram, his dua is not accepted. A man came, he was praying and making dua, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Rasulullah said, his food is haram. He knew the person. He said, his food is haram, his clothes are haram, meaning his earning is haram. How will Allah accept his dua? Is this, is that doubtful chicken you eat worth it? Ask yourself, you love the chicken more, you love Allah more. So let us make our dua powerful, earn and eat halal only. If you do not have a halal earning, don't eat food. No, Allah will feed you. Then beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala humbly and sincerely to forgive. 
love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fear sin. Let's change our qadr. Allah gave it into our hands. We are free to write our own destiny. Let us make true istighfar. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept that istighfar. And turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincerity. Not from tomorrow. Now. Now, now, now. Because tomorrow is always too late. ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار يا أيها الخيوم برحمتك نستغيث أسلح لنا شأننا كل لا إله إلا أنت اللهم هدنا في من هديت وعافنا في من عافيت وتولنا في من توليت وبارك لنا في معطيت وقنا وصفنا شر ما خديت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك فإنه لا يزل مواليت ولا يعز من عديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك اللهم احفظ مسلمين في كل مكان يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين وأدل شرك والمشركين ودمر عداء الدين اللهم شد شملهم ودمر ديارهم ومزق جمعهم اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم واغزل من خزل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وكنا عذاب النار آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالرد والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحان الفحشاء والمنكر والباغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تشنعون أخي مسلم <تصفيق>